Hello, and welcome to Free America. I'm your host, Nick Yaya, and this is the Free America Podcast. Today is Sunday, August 30th, 2020, and this is podcast number six, which means we are well on our way to 100 episodes. And in the world of television, that's when a show usually goes into syndication, which can mean big money for everybody involved. But for now, we rely upon you, our listeners, to support this podcast. So if you like what we bring you each week, please consider making a contribution to our show by going to patreon.com slash free America podcast. You can now also find our podcast on Apple podcast and numerous other podcast outlets. I also encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at free America podcast and on Twitter at free America. And now you can also watch our show live by visiting our brand new website at free where you'll find our live stream every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, as well as previous shows, news articles, and other interesting and important videos. So, before we bring on today's guest, I'd like to talk a little bit about what has been transpiring this past week in Kenosha, Wisconsin. There were two major incidents that occurred. First was the police shooting of Jacob Blake, which sparked protests, rioting, and looting in Kenosha the day it occurred. Many people on social media and in the news were quick to condemn police for their actions. Two videos that documented the incident show Blake breaking free from police detention and walking around his vehicle with police following him with their guns drawn. He then reaches into his vehicle as an officer is trying to pull him out by his shirt. Then shots are fired and he is hit. Now, left were quick to decry this as another unwarranted police shooting of an unarmed black man and rushed to judgment without examining the evidence or taking into account the context of the incident. It has since been revealed that police were called to the scene in response to a domestic violence incident. Blake already had an active warrant for domestic violence and sexual assault and a restraining order against him. In violation of the restraining order, he went to his ex-girlfriend's house. He forced his way inside, sexually assaulted her again, and took her keys and would not give them back. She called police, and they arrived. And when they arrived, rather, they attempted to detain him. He was combative, so a taser was deployed. He broke free from police and headed towards the driver's side of his vehicle. We have also since learned that he was carrying a knife at the time, and that there was another knife on the floorboard of the driver's side compartment, which police allege he was trying to retrieve when he was shot. Now that we know these facts, does the claim that police shot an unarmed man hold up? No. But that's not stopping the media at large from perpetuating this false narrative. As Mark Twain once said, never let the facts get in the way of a good story. And it seems the MSM have taken this to heart, as have BLM and the Democrat Party, it's almost as if they want to stoke racial tension and incite more violence, looting, and destruction. Which brings me to the second incident that occurred in Kenosha that day. The incident involved a young man named Kyle Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse had traveled to Kenosha to provide medical support to BLM protesters as an EMT. Video footage has since surfaced confirming this. So I'd like to show you what what we've... Uh, what transpired on that video. So here we go. Take a look. Hey, 
Yeah, my there's, a, there's a medic right here if you need help. Alright, we're gonna go over here. I need cover, I need cover. So, as you could see there um, in the footage, he was obviously there as an EMT to help protesters. Yet, when the shooting occurred, and in the time since, the propaganda machine has been put into overdrive to frame this young man as a trigger-happy racist that traveled to Kenosha for the sole purpose of hunting black protesters. This narrative is absolutely appalling and borders on criminal, in my opinion. In every instance that occurred that night, Rittenhouse was acting in self-defense. Now, in the video I'm about to show you, you'll see Kyle being chased down by several unknown pursuers intent on causing him harm. One throws an object at him while he's running. Another fires around into the air, and a third man attacks him between two vehicles, which is when the shots are fired. You can also see several people running towards the scene before he fired, carrying metal poles. Now, I doubt that they were going to use those for anything but beating Rittenhouse to death. So take a look at this second clip, and you'll see what I'm talking about. They've actually circled the... Uh, the items in question, the things that I mentioned. And uh, you'll, you can see the, the first gunshot go off, which wasn't by Rittenhouse. Then you'll also see the people throwing something at him and also people carrying the metal poles. So let's take a look at that right now. There's the first handgun muzzle flash. So there you have it. We'll pause that over here. Okay. So for our listeners, what was just shown was what I described prior to the clip. Essentially, Rittenhouse is being pursued by people that want to do him harm. 
Now, there has since surfaced a video of Rittenhouse running with a fire extinguisher towards the scene of several people lighting fire to a dumpster in the middle of the street outside of the gas station shown in other videos. We then see an individual extinguish the fire with a fire extinguisher. Shortly after that, Rittenhouse is seen running from the scene with rioters in pursuit. Now, as we've seen all too many times in recent weeks, violent BLM protesters and Antifa thugs are quick to target unarmed and innocent civilians, beating them into comas, and in some cases, death. The fact that Rittenhouse survived this encounter can be directly attributed to his being armed and trained on how to use a weapon. He even calls 911 after the first person is shot to report that he had shot someone. He then quickly leaves the scene as more rioters appear to do him harm. He then heads toward police to turn himself in when he trips and falls and is attacked by several more men. One with a dropkick, another with a skateboard to the head, and a third who had a semi-automatic pistol pointed at him. This third person later said that his only regret was that he hadn't pulled the trigger, emptied his clip, and killed Rittenhouse. It has since been learned that all three of the victims had extensive criminal records. The man shot in the head, Joseph Rosenbaum, was a pedophile, convicted of raping a 12-year-old girl. The person whose arm was nearly blown off was a also a, a convicted felon and was in possession of a firearm at the time, which is illegal. Interesting side note, this guy also had a mask with a Baphomet pentagram on it, indicating Satan worship. So on one side, we have a concerned citizen who has taken it upon himself to go and help BLM protesters, putting himself at risk of injury or death, who is then attacked by the same people he's trying to help among whom are Satan-worshipping pedophiles. And the left has the audacity to label this man a white supremacist terrorist. In every single instance, this kid was defending himself, yet the media and their leftist puppeteers frame, his, frame him as the aggressor and those that attacked him as innocent victims. This is, this is the world we're living in, folks. This is an absolutely insane dystopian nightmare straight out of Orwell's 1984. Doublespeak included. I, I myself was attacked from all corners of social media for presenting the facts and evidence to support what I've just told you. I was even called a racist, if you can believe that, even though all of the people involved in the incident were white. The level of cognitive bias amongst my attackers is astounding. They've been so hopelessly programmed by the left and the mainstream media that they are unable to see or accept facts and evidence when it is presented to them. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, to dispel the lies and disinformation that are being hurled upon the American public on a daily basis. I've had enough. And so has our guest today. He himself has a podcast called Revved Up with Ram Thorburn, which you can find on YouTube. And another show called Ram Reacts, which is a more off-the-cuff response to news and current events. Please join me in welcoming Ram Thorburn. Hey, Ram. Hey, Nick. How you doing today? Glad to be here. That was, uh, that was an excellent opening there. Thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I, I like to take some time before each podcast before I bring on a guest and talk about some of the pressing issues of the week. There were a couple other things I wanted to bring up, but in the interest of keeping it brief and and to the point i decided to just stick with what we had but um 
yeah, it's really, I think it's an important service to, to do is to educate and enlighten people with facts. And it's, it's amazing because the media will gaslight us nonstop on what, on, on what, on their slant of what actually happened. And of course, mm -hmm. their slant is going to admit anything that is exculpatory towards Kyle Rittenhouse, despite the fact that anything you see is clearly self-defense. There was nothing he did that was wrong. And now there's even evidence saying, or, or there's video showing the cops were actually sending the rioters towards the militia to handle them because the cops knew that they were out, they were, they were over, um, they were outmanned. And they know that if the cops do anything, they're going to take a fall for it. The, so the, the cops already know that if, if they are to shoot anybody who is, who is engaging in violent acts, they're still going to be blamed for it. And it, it, it's hard to tell whether, whether the cops are trying to set the militia up or whether they were just saying better them than us. Um, but there, there has been some video evidence come out, which I, I don't have pulled up right now. I, I wish I, wish I had uh, had that prepared. Um, but it showed that the cops are actually welcoming the militia and send it and kind of hurting the rioters down the way towards the militia, thinking the militia would take care of it. Which hmm. I mean, wow. Kyle Rittenhouse did, but he also took the fall for it as well. Yeah. Well, that that's just the thing is that a lot of these police departments have had their hands tied by politicians really and as and you look at in every single instance it, the cities are democrat run whether that's by yep. a democrat mayor district attorney uh sometimes even the police chiefs themselves and these policies are dangerous to cops and even more now dangerous to the people in those communities what, what we're going to see is a whole breakdown of law and order so the, the cops are not going to be confident to go out and do their job. And then we're going to situ see situations like Kyle Rittenhouse, like the McCloskeys in Missouri, where the rioters are going to get off scot-free. If they do get arrested, they get released without bail, no charges. Just go right back out there and start doing what you're doing. But if you defend yourself, oh, now you're going to be charged with first-degree murder? First degree. That is, I mean, that that was a signal flare to the insanity of the democratic of, of the democratic establishment. How far they are willing to go to perpetuate a narrative. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the first degree murder charge, like you just pointed out, I think is is a clear indication of a, what you, you might call virtue signaling. So, you know, look, we're gonna we're gonna punish this guy to the fullest extent of the law, and I believe in an effort to appease the mob. You know, because people would. If if he hadn't been charged with first degree murder, he, they the the mob would have been up in arms. And I think the fact that he's charged with it just, that definitely does not mean that he will be convicted of it. That's probably actually going to work in his favor and in the, the favor of the defense. Uh, they'll be able to prove quite easily and quite quickly that that he was uh, engaged in self defense, not in first degree murder. Yeah, it, it's a short-term response that is going to have a very long-term blowback for all of these mayors and governors because they're going to find out that the, the mob that they're trying to appease, it, it only it only represents about 8% of the American population. So they are selling out 92% of the population to appease 8% of the population. That's not going to work out well in their favor. It, it, might, it might have maybe kept the riots down that night. But they're going to be selling out their their political futures for this because they are not going to be voted back into office. And I've got a feeling that when, when all is said and done, we're going to see the Department of Justice coming down on these people and actually holding them to account for the roles that they're playing and further promulgating all of these riots. I agree. They've already started to do that in the case of the governors of uh, several different states. I believe it's New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. 
they haven't announced California, but they're they're essentially uh, inquiring into why the governors of those states sent COVID infected patients to nursing homes. Oh yeah, there's there's already. Um... I believe the DOJ has actually officially filed an inquiry. They're requesting data from these states to find out what they were doing. Because I think it was on March 7th, the guidelines came out saying not to do that. And then on March 13th, they went ahead and sent all of these elderly COVID-infected patients back into these nursing homes. And I think there there was one nursing home in New York that had 72 deaths in it. And that is all on the hands. And this is while they had... All of the, all of the pop up hospitals. They had the the ship. What was it? The Mercy and, mm-hmm. and something else that mm-hmm. was off the coast. They had plenty of room to put these people in treatment centers, and yeah. they didn't. Yeah. And you have to think that ha- having having the uh, the guidelines come out a week before they made this move, they knew what they were doing, and they were doing it to prop up the death toll of the coronavirus so that they could promulgate the, le- the the shutdown. They could keep it going. They could extend it. And the, the goal, I think, was to try to extend it all the way through November so that we were shut down. They're trying to push the mail-in balloting, which I don't know if you've heard. Um, well, I mean, have you heard about Patterson, New Jersey, the, mail, the mail-in yeah. process and going there? And now there was a new article from the New York Post from a – it was called Confession, Confessions of a Mail Ballot uh, Fraudster or something like that. And he talked about how for decades he has used mail-in balloting to commit voter fraud. And I want to see Donald Trump give this guy full immunity. You will not be charged for what you did, but give us all of the inner workings of this fraud. Because we now have people coming out, and the media will say it's baseless. The media calls will call it a baseless conspiracy theory, but we now have people coming out, Democrat operatives coming out, saying they've been doing this for years, they've been throwing the elections, and that many, many of the Democrat prominent um, politicians in New Jersey are there because of what they did. Wow. So you That's... have to wonder how how they call us the silent majority. We are the silenced majority. <laughs> you got to wonder how long we've actually been silenced to this degree if we have voter fraud that is going on in mass promoting Democrats for decades as this person says. That's that's interesting. That that makes me wonder if that hasn't been going on here in California because you look at a lot of the state of California uh, places even outside of Los Angeles, you know, you're talking about the Central Valley, San Diego, mm-hmm. Riverside, all the Inland Empire. These other counties, they're all red. They're yeah. all red. Uh, the only okay. blue spots are like, you know, San Francisco, L.A. And even within Los Angeles, I'm starting to find that there are a lot of uh, Republicans and, and Trump supporters, as I saw yesterday at, at a like a pro-Trump rally down in Beverly Hills. And even out here in Santa Clarita, where I live, uh, they just recently voted. We just recently voted in a Republican senator. I saw it with a 21 point swing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it was, it was 21 point swing from the last election from re- from blue to red. And so uh, what, what was her name? Katie Hill. What was that her oh, well, name? She, uh, she, yes, that exactly. She was the disgraced uh, senator. <laughs> or uh, congressperson. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Congress. And. Yeah, and then and the new congressman uh, Mike Garcia. Garcia, that's right, Garcia. Yeah. yeah, he's our he's our guy now, and yeah, it's. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I think that their empire is crumbling, and oh. people are beginning to see the lies, like you've been saying that what yep. the, what they've been doing in New Jersey, 
that's going to start raising questions elsewhere. I, I've often wondered how they get how they get away with it and how California is so allegedly blue when I see everything says that says uh, to the contrary. We well, we have more Republicans here in California than we have in any other state in the nation, including Texas. And for a long time, what California? Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't realize that. Yeah, there there are more Republicans in California than any other state. Now, of course, part of that has to do with just the 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 massive population of California, mm-hmm. but. But we were, but California was a reliably red state up until what the um, the nineties or so, about the past mm. twenty to twenty five years. Coincidentally, around the, time, around the same time the Clinton machine came around, I'm not making allegations, just you know, pointing to the timeline and saying, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, um, wow, okay, but yeah, yeah." So, I mean, California was a reliably conservative state. Up until the 90s, it flipped blue, and it has been it flipped blue so hard, it makes almost no sense. So you're right. I've, I've got to imagine there has been some a lot of corrupt malfeasance going on that has kept California as blue as it is, because more more Republicans than any other other state. And I, I think the well, it's a, it's a quote. It's a quote. Barack Obama's old uh, old pastor Jeremiah Wright. The chickens are coming home to roost because it is all falling apart on them. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's now more apparent than ever that they have a fundamental lack of of leadership ability in the cities that they operate. You look at at the mayhem occurring in in cities like Portland or Chicago. Which Chicago has been has been Democrat run for eighty years. I I, I looked that up the other day. I just I couldn't believe 80, it. That's it. I would have thought it was more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but Ch- Chicago is a lost political machine. I mean, I'm not sure how you recover Chicago. I mean that that whole town has been mobbed up since the days of Al Capone. I mean mm-hmm. that that the fact that Obama came from Chicago should have been a big red flag in and of itself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, we go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, okay, I'll leave it to you. Well, all right. <laughs> what what I was saying was is that is that you look at these cities, uh, you know, like, like Chicago, Portland, um, Seattle, and and you see that that they have no idea what they're doing here in Los Angeles. They have no idea what they're doing. You know, we've got over sixty thousand homeless in our streets. A lot of them military vets. I can't go outside my, I live in Hollywood and I can't go outside my apartment without having to walk, walk over people sleeping on the sidewalk without having to deal with tent cities. I always, I always have to be looking on the ground, make sure I'm not stepping on needles and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, back in 2014, I started driving for Uber and Lyft and I, over the period of four years from 2014 to 2018, um, I had traveled all over the city and during that time, I noticed a, a market increase, especially after 2016. Uh, it just started getting worse and worse to where it actually crept up into the San Fernando Valley. And on mm-hmm. main streets in middle class neighborhoods, uh, the, the, the sidewalks were lined with tents. And I started thinking, I'm like, what what is happening? What has become of our city that it's become so prevalent to see to see homeless now on pretty much every corner of of every major part of the city it's it's kind of it's disturbing and it is a reflection again of the lack of leadership that the democrats present in in uh, in their operation of these cities in these states we've got to wonder whether there's a sort of um 
RoboCop type scheme going on. And we're seeing this in New York right now. I don't know if you noticed, but as as property values plummet in New York, Bill de Blasio is snatching up property. Oh, really? The mayor who is overseeing <laughs> the destruction of the city has been going in and buying large swaths of buildings, large swaths of property. So you have to, I mean, again, not an accusation, but at the end of the day, you don't, you're not able to identify malfeasance without first coming up with a theory about what might be happening. And mm -hmm. you have to wonder whether they, I mean, the, first of all, the property values here in California are out of control. They're overinflated. So we, all, we also have to ask what's propping that up. But then in order to snatch up more, they have to, they have to devalue it. And of course, mm -hmm. who does that hurt? Anybody who has bought property over the last 10 years. I've got a feeling that we are going to be seeing a major housing crash here in California, as well as many other blue states. And then, and then they're all going to be fleeing to red states where the property values are going to explode. But of course, the people are going to bring their damn politics to these red states and they're going to flip them blue or at least turn them purple. Mm. God, I, I, that's what I'm hearing a lot about uh, and in places like Texas and, uh, and some of these other. My home state of Georgia. It's, it's yeah. another one. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. I mean, I myself have, have been thinking about getting out and, um, and, you know, trying to move to someplace like maybe Idaho or something. And, but what I'm hearing is from people in Idaho that a lot of people from California are coming up there and they're flipping the state blue. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, is there any escape from it's, it's cancer? It just spreads. Yeah. It's, I mean, th th there's no better way to define leftism in America than a cancer that just spreads. It eats away at each state, which you can consider in Oregon. So it's going to spread, you know, from the heart to the lungs, to the lymph node, it's going to go everywhere. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that's going to stop it is us standing up, saying enough and just not putting up with it. And we're starting to see the, the you know, with, with people like um, Kyle Rittenhouse, we're going to see more and more people on the right, or not, I don't even want to say on the right. I mean, just people who don't want this communist insurgency coming mm -hmm. out and defending property, defending land, defending businesses. And it is going to be a, I got a feeling we got a civil war coming. And I, I've, I've had a feeling that that was going to happen for a while. For a long time, I thought we were going to see a balkanization process. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see a full on all states, all sides. And, and, and it's going to be, going to be ugly mm -hmm. but i don't think it's going to be quite the regional balkanization that i initially uh, initially expected well all, all indicators point to this being the case and it seems to me as if there's a there's an invisible hand that's been pushing this forward this is a part of an agenda and i think this is part of something that's been going on for the better part of 50 years in this country which is essentially the the overthrow of america from the inside out and mm -hmm. this is done by, by leftist globalist communist forces who have who had infiltrated uh, beginning with our education system back in the 50s and started uh, by demoralizing demoralizing us utilizing this let these leftist and communist ideologies being taught in schools and then as generation after generation has been has been indoctrinated into this way of thinking it, it, it presents a schism in in the United States and then it further drives people apart then they come in with uh, a destabilization efforts which we've seen, couple of uh, of them in the past just decade alone we're talking about economic de destabilization mm -hmm. as well as now social 
and racial destabilization as we have currently. This latest round of, of, of COVID was uh, after the, the crash of 2008. This latest round is just another attempt of, of economic destruction of the United States. There's no, absolutely no reason why we should have closed the economy down. It's unprecedented. It's unnecessary and shouldn't have been done. And now, actually, the evidence is coming out that I think less than 10,000 people have actually died from COVID in the United States. Wouldn't surprise me. Right? Wouldn't so, surprise me. Because the CDC has been forced, Trump forced their hand and said, look, reveal the data so reveal the data so that we can um, assess it and and uh, I, I can't think of the word right now, but basically break it down and find out what what were the co- pre-existing comor- comorbidities that these people yeah, died. Yeah, the comorbidities and everything right. like that. And, and so, uh, so so anyway, to, to, to finish up my point, is that we've moved from from demoralization and destabilization now into so what we're on the verge of is civil war, mm-hmm. and then to to sum it up, what will happen after that is normalization, which isn't what people think it is. Normalization means another nation state or entity moving into the United States and probably going to be the UN or something like that with the backing of China, and come in with tanks and basically lock us down and get rid of all the dissidents as they do. And that will be the end of the United States as we know it. So we're, we're kind of trapped between a rock and a hard place here. Now, do we, do we not fight back against the leftist communist thugs that are, no, we absolutely fight back. Street? We fight. So, and then as we do, then it, it triggers further uh, and more unrest. And as you said, this thing is quickly devolving. As soon as this Rittenhouse incident occurred, I knew it. I'm like, that's the, that's the first shot fired in, in the, in the war. And and sure enough, last night a guy was a Trump supporter was shot executed. in Portland. Yeah, mm-hmm. executed. And they're like, "Oh, we got a Trumper here!" Bang, bang, bang. Guy's dead. Well, so and I I, I want to go backwards a little bit. Okay. And I uh, to what we were talking about with the with with the um the the beginnings. You were talking about the 1950s. It started even before that, though. So are are you familiar with the sh- the shift from Marxism to cultural Marxism? Are, are, you, are you familiar with like the works of Antonio Gramsci and Rudy Duchka? No, I'm not. So when the, the, a lot of a lot of the Marxist revolutionaries, they were trying to use World War One as their initial lifting point for their Marxist revolutions. And it really only took place in the Soviet Russia. But in the West, where we had our Christian values, Christian culture, there wasn't really the, the, the state did not play as high of a, a role in people's lives. So they were they were not all that willing to overthrow it. But in Russia, the state played a more uh, a more everyday prominent role, a, a more um, totalitarian role in the lives of the people. And so the Bolshevik Revolution actually happened. But Antonio Gramsci, he was an Italian revolutionary who worked under, I believe it was Joseph Stalin. And he, he tried to foment a communist revolution in Italy, and he failed and was in prison for it. And while he was in prison, he wrote about how in the West, they were not ripe for what he called a war of movement, which is a revolutionary overthrow. And that they needed to implement what was called a war of position, which was a war of influence. It was kind of the beginning of the of, of information warfare from the communist left, and so he was he was imprisoned while he wrote all this. But the the essential idea was that you you overtake the institutions that culturally influence a country, and this goes back to what Andrew Breitbart, you know, the um, the patron saint of Hollywood conservatives, said that culture that politics is downstream of culture. 
Mm-hmm. And so Rudy, du- I mean, not Rudy Duchka, uh, Antonio Gramsci understood this long before Andrew Breitbart was alive. He understood that if you shifted the culture, then you could move the politics towards the way of communism. And what that, and that's where we get a lot of our intersectionalism from. And as early as 1928, the communists were already seeing that the the black population was the was the right thread to start picking apart. And um, I don't know if you've heard heard any of the or read any of the writings of Manning Johnson or heard his testimony at the House on American Activities Committee in 1953. But he was a devout communist, worked with the Communist Party for over 10 years, rose to the highest ranks before he realized that black people were nothing more than a pawn. They were they were useful idiots for the communist revolutionaries and that the communists were actually more racist than anybody else in America. And so he turned on them. And so he wrote a book called, or a pamphlet called Color, Communism, and Common Sense. And so that, that kind of went hand in hand with Antonio Gramsci, which a little side note, you know who the founder of the Gramsci Society was? No. Joseph Buttigieg, the father of Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Wow. The, so they tried to paint Pete Buttigieg as this milquetoast, middle-of-the-road moderate, but uh-huh. his father is the founder of the Gramsci Society, the man who literally invented the idea of cultural Marxism. And then we saw the we saw the communist revolutions in 1968 in Eastern Europe, where we had Yugoslavia fell. And um, I'm not sure if that's when when Czechoslovakia went down as well. But um, that's in 1967 is when Rudy Duchka, who was a Frankfurt School aficionado, coined the term the slow march through the institutions. And that is where now, if you look at it, our media, academia, Hollywood, big tech, all of our labor unions, all of our cultural pillars of influence, all align with the left. So it has been about it's been about subversion. It's been about infiltration and it's done under the guise of progress so that nobody understands what is really happening until it is too late. And we are at that point right now where. We understand what's happening. It may be too late. The only way it won't be too late is if we stand up and we do not give them a single more millimeter. Mm. In fact, we have to push back. Conservatives have for too long argued from the heels and not from their toes. So we need to we need to push forward. We need to go on the offense. We can no longer defend ourselves. We can no longer accept the premises that were argued against. We need to outright reject the left's premises and then go on the attack because for too long we have let Mm -hmm. them decide the home turf and how it all plays out. But a lot of this comes down to the historic past of the shift from the labor angle of Marxism to cultural Marxism. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a very uh, interesting history that you've presented right there. And I think that, that, very, very neatly sums up what we're facing right now. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that, but I didn't. I, I could have. I could have taken your whole show away from you going on about right. all the stuff I've done on that. <laughs> no, that's that's great, but I and I think the point that you're making, and probably why the reason why you yourself have started a podcast, is to battle back against this and to have a voice that 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 basically puts them on their heels. And that's what we, that's another reason, like I, I started this to fight back against these lies and this disinformation mm-hmm. and all this stuff that's put out by the mainstream media, because it's just, rather than just yelling at my screen, 
I'd rather have the platform to get out there and actually speak up about it and inform other people about it. And so that they too can wake up and learn that we need it, like you said, take a stand. Well, and here's what people think. People think that if they just keep their mouth shut, if they just sit in the background, wait for it all to blow over, they'll be spared. No, you won't. You won't. They're going to come door to door, and and they're going to know if you're not ideologically on their side. I mean, you can look at a lot of these Hollywood actors. The ones who don't speak out are likely conservative. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's going to come a time now, you know, especially now that there's an increased call for the whole silence is violence thing. They're going to push people to speak out, and if they don't, even your silence is going to out you. But I think we're also at a point where cancel culture can only cancel you if you care about the culture that's canceling you. At <laughs> this point, I think the culture is now. I mean, the the right is the new is the new counterculture. But what's ironic, and for the first time ever, is that the the counterculture is actually larger in numbers just not an influence. And so you could, if they want to cancel me, fine. I've got, I've got plenty of other people that will come and listen and hear me talk that will like what I have to say. In fact, it's a larger number than your crowd. Um, so you can only cancel me so far as I won't be able to preach to your, your group of, uh, you know, program cyborgs at this point, um, <laughs> you know, to put it in delicately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if you don't care, if you don't care if they cancel you, what are they going to do? Right, right. And their their power is waning quickly because people are seeing through the 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 just the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, the, the disingenuousness of what they're of what they're presenting uh, and what they're promoting. In fact, you, you know, you, you were talking about earlier this the whole the, the whole anti-racism movement isn't isn't in, in, in itself racist. Oh, it's absolutely rooted in racism. I mean, if you talk about Ibram X. Kendi, who found, who wrote the book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, I think it's number one on Amazon right now. This guy, he actually said, discrimination that causes inequity is bad, but discrimination that causes equity is good. And he has also pushed for a, um, a constitutional amendment for a federal department of anti-racism. And this department is going to oversee equity, which if you if you if you talk about a federal government department overseeing equity, what you're talking about is a redistributive branch of the government. So it will it will have the power to redistribute property and wealth. And he has also said that any you know any representative, any politician, any law that is passed will will have to pass the muster of the anti-racist department. So it, it will oversee and constrict anything that our legislature tries to pass. And he also has said that it will have no political appointees, meaning that it will not be beholden to the electorate. So if, if you if you mm. see what they're doing and, you're, and, and America says, no, enough of this, we do not want this. And then, and then we get a, a candidate that pops in and says, we're going to put an end to this, we're, or we're going we're to rein it in, anything like that. If you vote for me, we'll, we'll rein in this department of anti-racism. There's no political appointees, so there's no checks and balances with the electorate. It is the abs- – and because it has the power of – it's going to, because of it, its focus on equity, is going to have the power of usurpation. It is going to be the absolute Marxist overthrow of our republic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's backdoored in through racism. Yeah, or and, anti-racism. 
Right, exactly. They they they've been using this as as a tool of manipulation because especially on the left people are are more often motivated by emotion as opposed to information or logic. And so yeah. when they present these emotional arguments of of what you think is racist or some some racist white supremacists going to Kenosha to gun down black people. I mean that right there that statement alone it, it indicates their agenda and and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to foment this racial division in the country and bring about more civil unrest. Well, the, I mean, the media doesn't have a single honest bone in their body. And that's actually what I'm writing my next episode of Revved Up on. It's It's been a while since I put out a Revved Up, mainly because I have three jobs right now. And Re Revved Up takes a lot of time for a single video. So I've been, I've been kind of trying to get some other things out of the way, but I've been writing it on the media and how they have essentially become a communist style propaganda wing of the Democratic Party. And if you look at all of the connections of the the Obama administration, especially in the Obama administration. I mean, th this is this isn't particular to the Obama administration, but he certainly heightened it. So the Obama administration and the connections to Hillary and all of the people that are that have all the people in the Obama administration that had husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, mothers, you know, relatives in the media. You could see that it, it was an absolute top down propaganda movement. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen several uh presentations of that information on social media mm -hmm. and 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 uh what I've come to learn is that before I repost anything these days, I will go and vet it and make sure that what these people are saying is true and sure enough, every bit of information on these on these posts was true about how the the all the intermarrying in between the people on the left and all the media and the media empire, essentially. So the Democratic Party and the media empire are, are this intermarried um, organization by by you know by in, by marriage that is uh, one one hand uh, serves the other. You yeah, know? it just they just wash each other clean, and then I, I think there's you know I've heard this. I can't verify this, so I don't know whether this is true or not. But that a lot of these media outlets actually get four a.m. talking points from the DNC. Ah, uh, well, that wouldn't surprise me because you you see, well, I mean, we can go back to it's been shown that a, a lot of media was also infiltrated by the CIA and that there are people in certain levels mm -hmm. of and it's only controlled by, I think, six different groups. Ninety percent of, There's the, of six the different companies. Yeah, right. Yeah, there are six different companies and with, with um, News Corps essentially being the loan that made, but even, even when you talk about like Fox news and news Corps, like I like a few of the people on Fox news, but I'm not going to sit there and say, go, go get your news from Fox news because at the end right. of the day, they're still a corporate entity and right. they're still going to have massive interests that scale beyond telling the truth. When you talk about people like you and me, where we're on the internet, all we have is the truth to work with. We don't have any other interests. We're trying to make a living. We're trying to make a name for ourselves by telling the truth, by being reliable. And the media do not have those interests because they are owned by multinational corporate media conglomerates. And it's so funny to hear how the left, who supposedly down with capitalism, all this, they get all of their information from these, these oligopolies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. They get yeah. all of their information from these oligopolies. And then they look at us as if we're brainwashed.
Right. Um, there, there's, there's a meme that I love that it, it shows these two people in it. It shows them first at a rock concert with a person on stage saying Republicans are bad. And then it shows it shows on the next one they're watching the news and the news says Republicans are bad. And then it goes into the movies and on the screen it says Republicans are bad. And then on the later one it shows the one of them saying, oh, wow, I, I like I like this Republican. And the other one just turns over and says, you're just brainwashed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. You guys, you guys get 90% of the cultural influence and we're the ones that are brainwashed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. That's And that you know it's reached the point of insanity because I, I've got people, that, like I said, attacking me constantly. And you, I present them with, Vid- document video documented evidence backing Why? up. They're not going to read it. They're not going to watch backing, it. <laughs> backing up my claim. And yet, and yet they're like, you know, they they still are so brainwashed that they refuse to see the truth. The, the, the you know the cognitive dissonance amongst these people is is just astounding. And it's you know I I've got a buddy who um, he's he's British and he worked in um, he worked in counterterrorism and so he worked a lot with. Um, Islamic extremists, and he talked about how the de-radicalization rates for any kind of ideology, once somebody is radicalized, the failure rate to de-radicalize them is over 96%. So only 4% can be de-radicalized. Wow. It's it's essentially rewired their brains. I mean, that's one way to put it. Another could be that it just turned it into mashed potatoes. But... (laughs) Um, but yeah, they, they don't have the ability. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that there's going to be a lot of stuff coming down. I mean, I'm just waiting until either right before the election or right after election, the election, when all the indictments start coming down and there's all of a sudden no way that the media can, can stand behind the lies anymore. And people are going to have to start confronting the fact that they have been an absolute psychopath for evil in the name of evil for four years. It's, it's going to break people's brains yeah i agree i agree i don't think people are are will be mentally equipped to handle the just the the, the crumbling of their reality of the of no the, and of, yeah of what they thought it, was reality it, yeah it's sad but i think we're gonna see a spike in suicide rates uh, unfortunately I, hmm. I don't think there's i mean i mean that's that's just if, if all these indictments come out and if people I guess there's always going to be that faction. You know, it, it's hard to tell how things are going to play out. So that that's only prognosticating on the idea that it really does come out that they have been completely lied to, duped, and that their entire worldview is built on basically a, a you know, a, a, I'm, I'm trying to figure the, the, the right word for just the, the, the whole almost cabal of media Democrats and how they've all been lied to when all of that shatters, I think there are going to be people who are just unable to come back from the brink. And yeah. I think that's going to be very sad. Yeah. I mean, like they said in, in the movie, the matrix, I think, which is a really good allegory for this, that some people just are not ready to be woken up. And so, and, and after a certain age, it's actually dangerous to wake mm-hmm. them up. Yeah. And, and that's what you're talking about with some of these lifelong Democrats um, they, it's, it's dangerous to shatter that worldview for them. And you're right. They may become suicidal or they just may completely decide to disengage from society altogether. And that's, that's going to be a sad day for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly healthy ways to handle, 
you know, kind of waking up and seeing what's going on. It's just, it's going to be tough when, it, if it all happens at once and they're, they're not going to have, because the, the one thing about the left is they're so insular. They live in these bubbles. They don't want to hear any opinions that, that count contradict theirs. Um, they don't want to hear any other news sources that don't come from, you know, like I said, they're multinational conglomerates. They're not mm -hmm. going to have a support base. Mm-hmm. Because no. they've left themselves so so insulated and so isolated on this island of leftism, they're not going to have people like you and me that they can they can, they can go to and say, "I'm starting to have some questions. Can can you answer this?" And people like people like you and me, I'm sure, if somebody from the far left comes to me and says, um, "I kind of want to know a little bit more about what you're talking about," I'm going to be like, "Yeah, let me go get us each a beer. Let's sit down and talk about this." Right. Yeah. You don't get that from the left. No. You don't no, you get that willingness to have that conversation. And so if it all comes crashing down on them at once, I mean, first of all, there's going to be a number of us that are just like, no, you spent the last four years calling me a racist, bigot, homophobe, any, any kind of phobe you possibly could. Why mm -hmm. am I going to help you now? Now, me personally, I would, you know, I would still sit down and talk to anybody. Sure. Um, and I, I would forgive them for whatever, whatever transgressions they may have, they, they may have cast upon me. But not everybody's going to do that. And you're going to find people that are isolated on an island, just not knowing what to do with themselves. Yeah, there, there's, you're right. There are some people uh, that I know on social media that I've, I've been friends with from the industry, from acting, mm -hmm. um, who are extreme leftists. And I, I, I caught on this, on this one post this uh, lady put up and her, one of her friends posted, I just found some really disconcerting things about the Democrats, a couple of different articles should I share them here? And and she said, no, don't do that. We don't want to, uh, we don't want to, I don't want to know about it. And I don't want people to have any, anything bad that they can say about us or something along those lines. And I was just like, there it is right there. That even when the that, information is presented from internally, surprise me. if internally presented from one, from one well, Democrat to another. They yeah, they, they, they will shut down anything because they are so reliant on their worldview. They're so yeah. reliant, reliant on the narrative. It's it's almost yeah. like being a heroin addict, but with lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're addicted to lies. They're addicted to the narrative that's painted to them. And if you look at places like CNN, I mean, they have basically Oliver Darcy and Brian Stelter. They don't even cover the news anymore. They just cover what Fox News is doing. They, they just said, <laughs> you know, they're basically just there, like like Fox News reactors. And yeah. um, that's Brian funny, Stelter man, is actually on air saying, watch us. Don't watch Fox News. This is where you come for the news. Anybody who says don't look at other sources. Yeah. Well, I, I always. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I always encourage people to to not watch CNN because it's just so blatantly bad. I mean, I have friends and I used to do this myself where this is back when I watched cable news is I would watch Fox and then I would watch CNN and I would go back and forth and compare what what each was saying on whatever subject they were talking about or whatever this yeah. news of the day was. And there's always been this stark difference in ideology, obviously, and but also in the way the information is being presented. Now, even though I don't watch it anymore, I see clips from these guys. There's there's no longer they're not they're not hiding it anymore. They just no. blatantly lie. And right. it's just and it's like, God, I can't. That's why I tell people, I'm like, don't watch that. It's just so bad for you, man. I go, you don't have to watch Fox either, but just try and find, you know, do some independent research of your own and 
look for the truth. It's on the internet. And people are like, oh, that's where all these conspiracy theories is. I'm like, no, man, like actual factual uh, websites. Someone I was um, having a debate with this woman over the over the New Jersey uh, mail-in ballot scandal. That was where three yeah, New Jersey. New yeah. Three elected officials were were found guilty or were charged rather. I don't know. I didn't say found, found guilty, but they were charged with election meddling. And, and I presented an article from Breitbart and she was like, Breitbart, that conservative oh, yeah. rag, blah, blah, blah. I go, okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. I'll do you one better. I came back to her with a link from the, the state's um, attorney general that filed the charges against these guys. I said, so here it is from the state. And she still rejected it and actually blocked me as a result of presenting that evidence. So it's like, it's like the, 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 my point is, is that, is that the, the information value. the information's out there if you want to go and find it and there's no excuse to to swallow any more of what the CNN or anybody's out there shoveling down your throat it's almost like they've gone too far they've dug in too deep without asking any questions and that's why i said i think that if if it all comes crashing down if the narrative really does unravel for all of them like I said, I would not be surprised to see an increase in suicide rates among among people that are in that because they they won't know how to handle it. Yeah, um, they, they're yeah. not going to know how to. They they don't want to hear any information that contradicts the narrative, yeah. and it's you know I'm I'm willing to listen to any anything, um, but you know I mean C CNN sank to new lows when they they had one of their reporters out there reporting live from the scene with fires behind them, and and then the Chiron says fiery but mostly peaceful protests. <laughs> Yes, I saw that. I just, I, I, I like you guys. Where they keep jumping bigger and bigger sharks every day. I it's, swear to God, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. They're they're jump they're jumping great whites at this point. I mean, yeah, it is, really. It's going to be it, Sharknado by the time we're done with this thing. Well, you kind of have to wonder, like. Are they doing this on purpose now? Because it's it's almost like they're they're trying to chase two birds, you know. They're trying to get two birds with one stone. They they won't see the narrative, so they still say mostly peaceful protests. But they also know that if they turn the camera towards the peaceful side of the protest, it's not going to get them the ratings. Yeah. So yeah. they they call there. a peaceful protest, but then they show the violence at the same time, thinking that well, if we show the violence, that'll get us the ratings. If we, you know, it's it's. It's nonsensical. I think it's, I think they're trolling us, man. I actually think that they are trolling us at this point because there, there's I, no there's no way that they can continue pushing this narrative uh, and, and these lies with a straight face without being trolls. Well, you know where Jeff Zucker comes from, right? Uh, no, reality TV. Oh, oh, really? The, the, head, the head of CNN's got his start in reality TV. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. So if you feel like CNN has devolved into New Jersey housewives, uh huh, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how they never even addressed the Chris Cuomo lie, the coronavirus lie. You, yeah. you, do, do you know what I'm talking about? Which one? There's so, so many. Chris Cuomo, you know, got coronavirus, and then he was down in his basement for a month. Or down in his basement for let's just put quotes around everything that CNN said here. He okay. was down in his basement for a month, and you know said that he hadn't come in contact with anybody. And then, uh, at some point, I think it was like week three of the month, 
he was spotted in the Hamptons with his family. And some bike, some some guy on a bicycle came up and was like, "Aren't you supposed to be in quarantine or something?" And he like basically threatened to fight the guy. And then he was on somebody's podcast later talking about the incident, basically confirming that it happened. Uh-huh. And then a week later, on CNN, he did his big coming out of the basement as if he uh, to present the narrative that he hadn't been out of his basement, hadn't seen his family for a month. Oh, oh my God! I have not heard that, yeah. dude. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. It was, it was hilarious because he's sitting there, even though the jig was up, he just kept it going, and CNN just pretends like it didn't happen. He just doubled down on the lie. Just, just that's what they. Like, that's we, what they do. We know you haven't been in your basement because wow. not not only were you cited as being out in the Hamptons at this beach house, you confirmed it your damn self on somebody's podcast. Jeez, these <laughs> I I I just cannot believe the nerve of these people. I mean, that's like sociopathic behavior right there. It is. It, oh, oh, it is. It's absolutely. Oh my god. I just oh, that just it's, it that's infuriating. It really how, is. How does the left not get insulted? Like how how does the left not get insulted? Well, that I'll tell the you- people that they follow actually believe they're this stupid. I'll tell you what, man, more and more people from the left are walking away from the Democrat Party. Oh, yeah. Uh, on and on and on. There was uh, just recently on C-SPAN, a bunch of people called in on the Democrat lines. It is Democrat, Republican, Independent, and other. And people, these Democrats were calling in saying, look, I can't I can't support our party anymore. I'm just, I'm walking away. The, the policies have ruined cities and states. They're They're destroying this country. They're promoting violence. They're promoting racism and anarchy and all these other things and and uh and people a lot of them were saying they're going to vote for trump because they because they chose to look (laughs) at the other side and actually do some investigation of their own into what has trump been doing for this country and what has he done well for this country and and the list is actually quite long we won't go into it here um but i would encourage any of our listeners or viewers to do that very thing say you know what has trump done for 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 America, and you will be quite surprised, especially the things that he's done for people of color. And a lot of people oh, don't know yeah. that. You know, they just label him a racist because uh, I don't know. He's a he's a white guy with blonde hair and blue eyes. Is that is that uh, is that what qualifies as a racist in America these days? I don't know. But well, I mean, I mean, I hate all guys with blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you look in the mirror, you're just like racist. You. Racist. I have to. I have to replace my mirror three times a day. Every time I look into it, I just punch it. You know. <laughs> right. So yeah, I look into the mirror and I just yell, "Bash the fash!" <laughs> yes. Yeah, you fascist bastard. So, <laughs> um, Fog Fog City Midge put out this great video. Uh, I think it was about three early, three months ago. It was early in the lockdown. It was probably in like May or something. And she was out on the beach, and there was this black guy, big big black dude, and he's wearing a MAGA hat. He's wait. He's carrying a big uh, Trump flag on a PVC pipe. He's got a Make America Great Again shirt on. And she was interviewing him, and, and he talked. To him, he's like, Nah. I, I, he was like, I'm a convert. He's like, I, I voted against Trump. I didn't like Trump, but I'm the type of person that I want to know why I don't like somebody. So I started doing my research so I could beat down all the Trumpsters with facts. He's like, the more I started looking at it, the more I said, okay, I agree with Trump on that. Okay, I agree with Trump on that. Mm-hmm. Yep, Trump's right there. 
you know what? I'm a rock with this guy. And now uh-huh. he's walking down the beach, just like, like, like the MAGA mascot. And it's awesome to see, you know, because yeah. anybody who actually looks into it, anybody who actually says, I'm, I'm going to take a break from the narrative and I'm going to, with an open mind, look into what Donald Trump has done, what he stands for. They sit there and they say, holy fuck, I have been lied to like crazy. And the question is, do they have the strength to not let that chip at their pride and actually pivot? Or is it going to make them dig in deeper? Some people, it makes them dig in deeper because they they can't admit that they were wrong that way. Yeah, the ego won't allow Mm -hmm. them to admit that they were wrong. Yeah. And that's what we're faced with. But it looks like those people are in the growing minority and or should I say dwindling minority? Um, it is dwindling. That's for sure. And and that uh, people, sensible people, thinking people, people who are critical thinkers are rejecting the lies of the left and coming over to being Trump supporters. And I it looks to me at this point, and I think even people on the left are starting to agree that Trump's going to win come November. Oh, by oh a landslide. The, the, yeah. All 57 states, as I like to say. <laughs> a little little shout out to Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, right? I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I'm like, all 57 states. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, if you look at the polls, I think Trump actually just overtook Biden in most of the major polls. Mm-hmm. And you have to add in the fact that they're probably giving Biden a 15-point cushion on the mm-hmm. polls. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, oh, that's yeah. that's a number I'm pulling out of nowhere. But I, I imagine they don't know how to po- they don't know how to poll Trump supporters. They don't know how to reach them. And I mean, imagine imagine being like. You know, just just some Joe Schmo who lives somewhere in California and you get a call from The New York Times saying, hey, we're doing a poll for the president's You're you're blank. And, uh, you know, or, or, you know. I don't know what they I don't know what these pollsters actually know about the people they're calling. Uh, but how many people do you think are are really willing to tell the New York Times, yes, I'm voting for Trump? Not not a lot. I, actually, I was reading something, some article uh, regarding that, and they said there's probably about 20 percent of the people polled choose to remain silent for fear of of, of some sort of retribution or or being mm-hmm. labeled as a, a Trump supporter, and being outed, so to speak. And yeah, and they're and they're afraid for their their lives. I mean, my my father. He was like strongly against me going down to Beverly Hills because he thinks that, and rightfully so, it could possibly get dangerous. And it, and it has actually become a little dangerous down there. So there are a lot of people who have a, a vicious hate for people that support Trump and view mm-hmm. people that support Trump as, as racist and, and uh, misogynistic and and uh, all these other terrible things that, that is, it's completely obvious when you go down there to any of these Trump gatherings that there's people from all walks of life. Yes, you know, there are. you know, gay, straight, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Middle Eastern, uh, people, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, all, all, all of the different facets of humanity are represented, are represented at this small this gathering of a couple hundred people in Beverly Hills. So, what does that tell you? You know, what does that tell people on the other side who are looking at us? They might. You know what maybe, it tells me. What? It tells me that all of these minorities are becoming white supremacists. <laughs> They're definitely becoming radi- radicalized. Yeah. What is it? Internalized racism? That's right. what they call it. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you, you saw that whole thing with the Proud Boys. Yeah. You know, they, they try to call the Proud Boys a group of white nationalists. It's like, you know, our leader is an Afro Cuban named Enrique Tario, right? Right. <laughs> They're like, right. 
Yeah, well, well, that's yeah, internalized but, racism. This, these, these are these are black white supremacists. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just the, the lunacy <laughs> of trying to defend that position. I mean, just trying to just claw to the narrative. I mean, they're yeah. doing. They, they won't give it up. They will no. not give it up. No, and that's that's what makes me worry that we are going to be down a road towards civil war. Is that you have these people and the the whole leftist ideology is rooted in power. It is about power grabs. And what's so funny is that most of the people who fight for it think that they're going to have the power. They're not. They're going to be they're going to be lined up against the wall. They're going to be shot because they're going to be the revolutionaries. They're going to and when they realize that they got taken advantage of, that they got duped, they're they know the the people who actually claim the power. They're going to know that those revolutionaries know how to foment a revolution. Well, right. the last thing they want now is a, another revolution because they have the power now. So line up all of our former comrades and gun mm -hmm. them all down. That's yep. what that's what we've seen throughout history with all these revolutions. Yeah. And so for them, it's all about power. And they use ideology as a way to wedge society apart and a way to split it apart. And then from the chaos, they usurp that power. Yeah. Yeah. And they've weaponized that that ideology yeah. now. And and it's got to the point where where the conversation is broken down. And that's usually when when fighting occurs is when communication breaks down between the two parties. Um, as that's when that why you're seeing all of these physical alter, altercations occur or people are starting now to get shot. The conversation is broken down and both sides are, are dug in and there's uh, there's no going back. I think we're headed straight straightforward into this and and like you said that we're we're headed to a civil war that's an interesting point but it also raises another question if this didn't happen previously that breakdown in communication between the two sides of the aisles how much of the republicans were actually like this with the democratic party in this whole shift left mm -hmm. a if lot of them it, yeah if they didn't have this breakdown in in communication you know if it's only happened under trump who has stopped and just said no. And, and I think most of this goes towards the global angle, towards the globalist angle. And I think it was it was mostly the the left wanted to just hard charge the globalist agenda and the right viewed it as an inevitability and just mm -hmm. said, well, let, let's just slow it down. Mm -hmm. But I think now we have Trump in here that says, fuck no, we are not on board with this globalist agenda. Slow, no, we're going back. Yeah. You know, we're going back to a nation that is proud of its its traditions and its culture and its heritage. We are going in the opposite direction of this global agenda. And I think that's where we get a lot of it. But you got to imagine, I mean, a lot of these politicians have gotten probably filthy, filthy rich off of breaking America off and selling off parts of it to places like China. Yes. Yeah, they absolutely have. But mm -hmm. on both sides of the aisle. And yep. Yep. and that's that's why you see. Republicans against Trump and these uh, what are what are what are they called? Not the log cabin. The Republican. Lincoln Project. The Lincoln, the Lincoln Project. Project. Yeah. Yeah. So don't get obvious. me started on Rick Wilson. He is the biggest bitch of any never Trumper. <laughs> I'm sorry. I despise Rick Wilson. Yeah. Um. He. I think he's one of the worst human beings on this planet. And uh. Yeah. Don't. don't <laughs> I could go off on Rick Wilson. Oh yeah, man. Uh, that that those group well they just uh, they they've made it obvious they've revealed themselves that mm -hmm. the enemy has revealed itself from within yeah and they now have identified themselves as as enemies of the American people because that's what Trump is Trump is pro America 
even said it in his in his inauguration speech that we're taking this country back. I'm taking this country back and I'm giving it back to the people. Yeah. And that was it. That was the declaration of war right there. And I think that's when they said, OK, fine. Battle lines are drawn. We're going to do everything we can in our power to destroy you because you're trying to destroy us. And well, he's winning and, mm -hmm. and they don't like it. And that's why they're oh, throwing these, these, these death row fits of shutting down the economy and 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 creating and fomenting racial uh racial wars racial mm -hmm. you know riots and it's not, not even just racial i mean at this point it's 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 racial it's sexual orientation it's gender it's every single intersectional line that they can draw they're just ripping it apart ripping america the fabric of our society apart at the seams and just throwing it in the air and just it's create chaos yeah absolutely that it, exactly you can see it the whole thing their whole their machine is starting to, the wheels are falling off of it and yeah. they're, they're, they're throwing everything they can at us right now to, to, to stay alive and to stay relevant and it's dying. And hopefully it will, it will die this November. And after we've, you know, delivered the death blow of a second term of Trump, and then he can go in there and clean up the mess and throw down the indictments and get these people hauled off to prison where they belong, put them in Gitmo, man. All right, so I, I got a hypothetical question for you. Oh, okay. All right, let's let's say Trump wins twenty twenty. Who do you got in twenty twenty four? That's I was talking to someone about that yesterday. That's my only concern is that once once he's out of office after four more years, what are we what are we going to do? Is it going to be a return to politics as usual? Where, <laughs> no, there's no return to politics as usual. <laughs> I, 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 I hope so. not. I, and I hope people will will consider electing another non-politician to the office of president. I think these are the people that that actually are anybody outside that the, the current two party political system is is who I would like to see in, in, a, in a position like. Well, that. I guess I guess I was asking more specifically. Do you have any names that like oh. just 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 future predictions? Like, this is just for fun. Boy, uh, Alex Jones? No, I don't know. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I, don't, I, was, I don't think we can handle Alex Jones in the no, that was office. A, that, that was a, that was that was clearly a joke. No, no, of course not. That was a good Jones, one. That was it. Jones is a he's a maniac. I love him, but he's that guy's a fucking maniac. Um, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, he he wouldn't be the right guy to run the country. He would he would oh he would uh, talk about worried about someone having their finger on the button. That guy's oh, pretty yeah. hot. He, he's pretty hot headed. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if we could trust him with his finger on the button. But no, like I said, I, well, I like I like Jones. I like what I, you know, I like what he says. I like what he does on his show. Cause he he was one of the people that actually woke me up to a lot of things that I didn't know. A lot of people yeah. claim that he's some kind of like conspiracy theorist or that he's you know peddling all these lies and bullshit. But he, he what he presents is information based on years and years and years of research and reading that he's done mm -hmm. uh, from all the books that these globalists and all these other people have put out telling us about their plans. And he's been talking about yeah. this for the last 20, 25 years. And everything he says has come to pass. And now what he's projecting more, uh, you know, is is uh, is looking like it's going to come to pass, too. I mean, would he be a good maybe advisor to a president? Perhaps, because the guy's got a lot of inside baseball on what goes on and what's been going on That's in this true. whole globalist underbelly. But to, on a more serious note, you know, I, I, I really can't think of. Uh, anybody just off the top of my head who would be a a good candidate for president after Trump? Uh, what what are what are your thoughts? Well, I've been saying since 2018, half jokingly, half seriously, that the 2024 ticket is going to be Don Jr. and Kanye West. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I 
I, it would not surprise me to see Kanye West as VP and Don Jr. as president. Although I think I think probably the best option. I, I like Don Jr. a lot, and I think Kanye West is. Um, I like Kanye a lot. I think he has. I need to see more from him to actually think about him as a president because you know he was trying to run for president this time. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know that he would be somebody I would support as president. I could maybe see him be a support, a support him as vice president as more of a cultural outreach for the right. Um, I think Rand Paul would be great though. I think, I think he would be a good follow up to some more of the, um, you know, he, I think he would follow up what Trump is doing and then polish it off with a little bit more of, cause you know, Rand, Rand Paul, he's not quite a libertarian. He's kind of, he's definitely more on the conservative side, but still has some libertarian viewpoints because you know, his dad is Ron Paul. Right, I think yeah. he would maybe, I think he would maybe come in and polish off some of the stuff that Trump, Trump has done over eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my half joking, half serious prediction is Don Jr. And Kanye West, but okay. I think ideally it would probably be Rand Paul. Yeah. Maybe well, Ted Cruz, maybe Ted Cruz, but I, I just think Rand Paul, well, you, you got to think of what Rand Paul has been through. A mass shooting. Yeah. He's been attacked by his neighbor. Now yeah. he's been attacked by a mob. I mean, right. the guy's got the battle scars at this point. Well, you know, and here's the thing. I think why why Rand Paul would be a good choice is because he's he's done. He wrote the law. He introduced the bill, uh, Justice for Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor, yeah. Right. The no, uh, Making no-knock the warrants no-knock. illegal. And that, uh, I think a lot of people on the left were really pleased to see that someone in the Republican Party was willing to make that kind of of, of move. Um, and what I find ironic is, is that when they, the mob was attacking him in D.C. the other night, they were they were yelling at him to say her name, which was a reference <laughs> to Breonna Taylor. And yeah. so these 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 idiots have no Don't idea realize. that the man that they're saying that to wrote the fucking bill. Breonna Taylor law. Yeah. With yeah. her name in it. Yeah. 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 He said There's her a, name. Yeah. There, there's, there's a great <laughs> meme from, you, you know, when Ben Shapiro was giving that speech at some university and some girl was like, where is it said that you that that uh, you have to be a boy to be a Boy Scout? And Ben Shapiro responds, it's in the name. Boy Scouts. Well, I saw I saw a meme with Rand Paul's face put on uh on Ben Shapiro, and she's uh, like, "Say the name." He's like, "I did." It's called the Breonna Taylor Act or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yes. Um, it was funny. Yeah. Though. So, so, but he he's a good in that regard, a good crossover candidate that I think would draw in um, voters from the left, mm-hmm. people who 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 could say, you know what? Here's the guy who reaches across the aisle. Here's the guy who who gets it. Here's the you know, like you said, he's he's more moderate, but he still does have some of these also libertarian uh, uh, leanings from his father. I mean, I love his father, man. I mean, God, I, I want to yeah. hear more from Ron. From Ron. Yeah, you know, the audit the Fed, great. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think I think Trump has some things going on with the Fed right now. Oh, I know I, he does. I, I think I think the Fed is going to be gone soon. It, it it is. He actually he took back control of the fed and gave the the power to print money to the back to the treasury mm-hmm. and and then he also is looking at um uh, essentially what will bankrupt the fed is is flipping the debt that they say that we owe them to them owing us and and that's why yes. he's uh, he was talking about suspending the income tax and possibly making that permanent which is a, a, a brilliant move and and also it just it essentially defangs 
the Federal Reserve Bank, which is a privately owned bank, and yeah. it's owned and operated by the globalist scum that have tried to destroy this country. So well, it's an ultimate it, it, victory, and he's making some big moves in that regard. But go ahead. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, well, and that's why it was such a big deal. You know, the, the left and the media, they tried to make it such a big deal that Donald Trump wanted his name on the stimulus checks. The reason for that was that he had already quasi that it signified him quasi rolling the Federal Reserve into the Treasury because the Federal Reserve then took part or, or um, they, they, they worked in investments. I'm not an expert on this, but they worked on certain investments that the Fed is not allowed to work in. And so it there was an article from Yahoo News and another one from Bloomberg that was talking about this and how this essentially made Donald Trump the de facto chairman of the Federal Reserve. And how it it quasi rolled the Federal Reserve into the Treasury because mm -hmm. it made the Federal Reserve work in certain bonds and certain assets that they're not allowed to work in, but the Treasury is. And so I think that is why Donald Trump made a big deal out of having his name on the checks because they weren't coming from the Federal Reserve. They were coming from the Treasury, which mm -hmm. is under the executive branch. But what's also funny is I had people say, hey, where was that? I, um, you know, where, where's that news, that Yahoo News article you sent me? And I went to go find it to send it to them. They took mm -hmm. it down. They took it down. Really? They, they, they took the article down that showed that, and this is from Yahoo News. And I didn't see the one from Bloomberg, but I knew it was referencing a Bloomberg article. Um, but yeah, it, it, it proved that Donald Trump had already partially dissolved the Federal Reserve or partially rolled the Federal Reserve into the Treasury. And they said it in the article, they talked about how it worked. Some of it, a good bit of it went over my head because I'm no financial expert. Sure. Um, but I was able to pick up on the broad strokes. But yeah, they took that article and they deleted it. Man, see, that's that's scary. That that And that happened to me as well. I had quoted uh, an article. It was something to do with... Um, uh, Black on black crime and black on white crime, mm -hmm. and in the in the article they cited uh, DOJ statistics, and I went to go look for the page, and my entire browser history was deleted in Chrome. What? And yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm like, what 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 the fuck is this? I haven't touched my browser history. I haven't done anything. And I went to search for the article. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find anything anymore. It's like it had been scrubbed. And wow. that was, I found that to be extremely concerning. Uh, the level of suppression of information out there now has reached this, this incredibly scary or, you know, like almost Orwellian it's, point. It, it where, is Orwellian. Yeah. Where now uh, Facebook, I mean, they're openly um, censoring, blocking, uh, you know, shutting me out from posting now. They, uh, I can't uh, do my live stream on there anymore. Um, they, you know, anytime I put up anything regarding how many episodes did you last on Facebook? Two. You, this is this is six. Yeah, only two episodes. I got two episodes in, and they and they banned <laughs> me. So, but there was some information I put up about a, a movie called Plandemic, and it's a seven minute trailer I, for the for the movie. Yeah, I remember that when that came. And out. so. Uh, it was something from London Real that, that they're sponsoring it. Anyway, I, I put up the video and within, I think, less than a minute, they put the, the little sticker on it, fake news, and says, see why. And, and I looked at, at the groups that said, you know, what they're saying, why they say it's false news or false information. And they said it was because 
that that scientists have determined that that COVID nineteen did not originate. It was not lab made, and it was, it was a naturally occurring disease. And so I went through and I and I I researched each document that they present in that seven minute video. I found there was eleven different documents and websites that they show pictures of, and I went and I found them. And and the one in particular in in the post that I put was number five, which says that doctors they or no scientists believe that it's most likely that it occurred in nature and most likely is not a definitive statement. And I went yeah. to the very fact checkers and I pointed this out and I said, look, you can't say that this is false information when in fact the scientists themselves say it is most likely that it occurred in nature, which means it's not definitive. Not definitive and so, yeah. yeah. And so I'm still going back and forth with these fact checkers via email to try and get them to pull that, that, um, that label off of the video that I put up. And they're they're sticking to their guns. I was about to say, so, good luck on that suicide mission. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're sticking to their guns, and they're they're doubling down on the lie. And I and I now have documented evidence of them doing that, and I now also now have names, and I know who all these people are. And I pray to God that at some point in the future, when when it is all revealed that this this is one of the biggest hoaxes that's ever been pulled on the American people and on the world, that these people will be held accountable for aiding and abetting in that lie. Well, they have built up Guantanamo for a reason, I think. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but did, did you, not not to go down that rabbit hole. But uh, did did you see that the World Health Organization in their study on the origins of the coronavirus, they didn't even go to Wuhan? Yes. Yeah. Right. It, I, did, I, didn't even go there. It's they're such a fucking joke, man. That that organization is nothing more than a a, a shill for the Chinese government. They're they're just a it's a cutout. It's a Chinese puppet. Yep. The the the, yep. the guy who runs it is a communist uh, from from yeah Tedros Ethiopia. from Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so uh, the, uh, I'm glad to see that Trump told them to fucking hit the road, man. And but it, what's concerning to me is that now big tech has kind of done an end run around Trump and just says no. YouTube says we follow World Health Organization standards when we choose to ban something or block it. Same with Facebook, Twitter. Well, then you're not then you're not a damn American company, right? Right. And I'm I'm hoping that he's going to drop the hammer on these guys and say, look, you know, you operate by the laws of this country, which are 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 framed by the Constitution, and we're not. We are a sovereign nation, and you're governed by the laws of this nation, not by the laws of some unelected body of officials at the World Health Organization or the UN or any of these other globalist entities that have yeah. been have been uh, basically attacking our country from all mm -hmm. from all from all positions. So, all of these global organizations, WTO, WHO, anything that starts with a damn W, get the hell rid of it and get us out of it. You know, yeah, the UN. Yeah. I would love to see the UN a just clear everybody out, blow the building up, and put up Trump Tower too. <laughs> yes, yes, right across the street. I, I yep. think that that is that's a very sweet irony that he's his his building is located right across the street from the very organization that he's battling right now, or a coincidence, not really an irony, but uh, that Trump Tower is right across the street from the. I don't think I even realized it was right across the street. Yeah, yeah, right across the street. So it's like the battle of two buildings really is taking place in New York there. 
It's Trump versus. I was so funny that if you if you watch anything that's like streamed or shot in the the UN building, it just looks like this evil cabal type building like the the inside of it where they speak it's like these big marble hollowed out rooms and it, it just it just looks like a place where communist powers would would come together and and you know concoct their evil schemes it, it's it's there's just something yeah. about the aesthetic of it that just looks ominous it does it, it looks like a tal- totalitarian uh themed uh, the way that the, 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 the decor and the, the, the way it's been designed and built and laid out and the floor plan and everything, it looks like something uh, that you would see in like a, 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 uh, a fictional narrative regarding some totalitarian regime. Like, okay. Like for example, um, what was that movie? Um, with the, they, they, they're killing all the bugs, um, the off world. Um, oh, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Starship Thank Troopers. you. I don't know why I couldn't I think of the name movie. of it. I love that movie. But yeah, you, yeah, and it looks like something out of Starship Troopers, man. Where they, they, they just, I think maybe they modeled the, the movie on that. I swear, because you're right, it does look like that. And the, the UN, the, the UN building looks like Hogwarts for despots. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That's, That's a good one. That's great. That's great, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad to know that now we we know who the who the real enemy is, and it, the enemy has revealed itself to us. And so it's now we're not has. we're not just fighting some faceless shadow enemy. Uh, we know who they are, and we know what their plans are. And thanks to people like Alex Jones, like I mentioned earlier, who have been mm-hmm. researching these people for decades and knows their plans, and he's been sharing it with us, and they've trickled down into. The populace and now many, many more people such as yourself and me are awake to the fact and we know their plans and we know what they're doing. And we are now in the process of responding to that. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I'm always uh, I'd rather I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Damn right, so. man. I'm ready to fight, too. You know, yep. I, I'm not I'm not going to I mean, I'm not going to go out there and I'm not going to start like shooting, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not talking about that kind of fight, but my kind of fight is, is, um, speaking up yeah. and, and making I'll people fight aware. However I need to fight. If they come to my block, if they come to my house, I'm not going to go looking for it, but you better not believe I'm going to back down. If they try to take, if they try to come to my neighborhood and they try to do anything like that, if they, if they start bringing Molotov oh, cocktails yeah. and stuff to my block, oh, sure. I'm not going to sit in my apartment and podcast about it. Right. I've got, no, I've, I've I've got other means. Let's just put it that way. I I agree with you on that. That that we we can't just sit there and and let them come and and try to yeah. take us away or kill us. Uh, yeah, definitely in defense. I'm definitely ready to defend myself as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to offensively go out there. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. so but um, yeah, that's the world we're living in today, man. Where you have to actually talk about and think about people coming to kill you. This is this is some scary times, man. They hate us. They do. They, they absolutely do. hate us. Yeah. And they want I, us dead. They want us dead. So they've drawn the lines in the sand. And I think that they've they've made probably a fatal error because there are more of us. We are well armed. Um, let me let, let me put it this way. If an entire horde of them can't take out a 17-year-old boy in Wisconsin. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. What? Well, yeah, one guy, one well-trained <laughs> guy with an AR-15. That's seventeen-year-old. Uh, seventeen-year-old. Right. Yeah, a kid. Let's you know, yeah. a whole horde of them just got owned by yeah. a by a teenager and with, they, with a gun that wasn't even his. And they were even, and they were armed too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Peyton Grosskrauts had a, had a Glock in his hand. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they they made a fatal error, and it's, it's not it's not going to be good for them. I can tell you that it's not going to end well for them at all. <laughs> wow. Well, dude, uh, we're getting close to the end of our show here. Um, I see that. It's, there... been a, it's been a great chat. It has been. I really, I really enjoyed speaking with you. I, I knew we would have a good time. I mean, you know, we talked a little bit off air beforehand, and and just seemed like we resonated on on so many things. And and I'm sure that there's a lot that we could we could go on and continue talking about this kind of stuff. So I hope I hope you'd come back sometime. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And, you let and me know, and I'd love to be back on. For sure, for sure. And um, uh, I, I'm going to repeat where where you where people can find you. But is there anything else you'd like to say in terms of how people can find your your show or or listen to your podcast? Yeah, I'm on I'm on YouTube at just look up uh, YouTube.com/slash Ram Thorburn. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at Ram Thorburn. Mm-hmm. I know Facebook is kind of a an old fogey dead social media. It's not really for conservatives though. Uh, but I do post a ton of memes there on my on my Facebook page, so that's kind of a fun spot for daily memes. I try to put out videos for Ram Reacts. I, I usually put out two to three videos at least four days a week, and then the Revved Up is more of a higher produced show. I shoot two cameras. I, it's well researched. It's it's written out. It's got all kinds of assets, video clips, pictures, all kinds of stuff put in. It's a legitimate show. T- it takes a lot more time. I, I need to get to my next one on that. But you can find subscribe to the channel at Ram Thorburn and then Ram Thorburn on all my social media. It's just all at Ram Thorburn. It's a unique easy. name, so nobody else uh, no, nobody else has it. So yeah, easy to <laughs> easy to get. Great, good, yeah, for sure, man. Well, uh, yeah, I I am already subscribed myself and look forward to your your next uh, your next show and definitely Thank love you. the stuff. Definitely love the stuff you're putting out, man. You know, people, you need people. I'll tell you, you need to go and watch this guy because not only is he insightful, but he's extremely entertaining to watch and he's got some great information <laughs> that, that he wants to share with you. So, uh, yeah, I encourage you all to go check him out. So, thanks again, Ram, for coming on the show, brother. Um, and absolutely, again, Nick, thanks for having me. I, go ahead. And no, I was going to say, look forward to having you back sometime in the, in the near future. I look forward to being back. Cool, man. All right. Have a all good right. one. Take we'll care. see you soon. You too, brother. Bye. All right, you too. Wow, that went fast as it usually does. Uh, that was a really good chat we had with Ram. That's that's uh, I, he's a great guy. I, I just like I said, I just recently met him at uh, a Save Our Children march down in Hollywood, and and seemed like a cool dude. And then the more I checked out and learned about him, the more I found out that he's actually a very well informed, cool dude. So, like I said, uh, if you enjoyed what he was talking about, and I hope you enjoyed what we were talking about today, but if you you can find all of his videos on YouTube, just search Ram, like the thing with the horns, Thor, as in the dude, the hammer from the, uh, the the comics, all right, and burn, as in burn in hell. No, <laughs> let them all burn in hell. But anyway, Ram Thor Burn uh, at YouTube, and as well as any other social media outlets. So 
I'd like to thank you again for tuning in to the Free America podcast. Once again, if you are picking up what we are putting down, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast and show us a little bit of love. You can also find this episode and others where you listen to podcasts, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and others. And so for now and the foreseeable future, I am Nick Yaya. And remember, you don't have to turn off the news completely, but for the love of God, turn off CNN. Good night, everybody.